uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, and the story of myself and my college friends. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> I can't wait to get into that. Oh, Groove. The Scotch on the Rocks. Please, any Scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps. Maybe a blend gown. Any Glen. I'm I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah, 20 years, so you know, we're jumping ahead uh, 50 years forward. Uh, you can see that there is a linear progression in crime and heist movies from the classic Asphalt Jungle to Nicolas Cage taunting Master P and Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Much younger and slimmer Master P. Uh, Nicolas Cage still hanging on to a little tuft of hair up top, too. I noticed that was, uh, that was different mm-hmm. before, the, I guess, the pieces came in. You know, let's finish with a little hair talk. How about that? Or maybe we'll start with hair talk. I don't know. Like, since, you know, I'll I'll decide where I want to cut this. But (laughs) Nicolas Cage was balding from when? When when did that happen? Early 90s? I'm trying to think when it started to go. When was Raising Arizona? Raising Arizona was like 85, 86. Because it seemed much fuller then. He had a good – because he had the wild – you know, he always yeah, <laughs> looked like he'd been in something, like the hair they everywhere. Had, like late 80s, early 90s then. Because his raising was on, he looked like a full head of hair from what I remember. I'm trying to remember. So The Rock is, what, 96? And I think I think it was already, it had already kind of thinned out. So I don't know. Maybe we missed the progression. Um, or I just <laughs> didn't watch those movies. Uh, the Elvis movie? I don't know. I'll have to look and see uh, what his hairline was like then. But I feel like this is The Last Stand. you could have subtitled this Nicolas Cage uh, you know battle with the scalp here because it's like (laughs) you're seeing that last little tuft of respectability and uh, for my money probably a better better look 20 years ago uh, because it's like just short enough but it's like it's definitely thin so you can you can tell that he's he's not a young man anymore but I feel like in his later roles he went the other way like he he has this weird thing where he's like growing it out on the sides or the back, or he's like you know coming it over. I, I don't I don't know if you've kept up with a lot of his straight to video material he's done in the, the previous decade, but not a good it's look. Like, it's like somehow he gets more hair, but his forehead gets bigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. The, yeah, I don't know how that happens or what, what kind of physics there are. But I swear to God, it's like his forehead gets bigger every time I see him in in recent movies. Gone 60 Seconds, this is a remake. I've never seen the original. How about yourself? I haven't either. So this came out June 9th, uh, 2000. And just keeping on the uh, the hair status, uh, <laughs> what did you make of uh, Giovanni Rabisi here trying to be a real uh, butch boy with like the Van Dyke <laughs> <laughs> and like the greased up slick back hair? <laughs> Probably both be working at the dealership if he hadn't died. Just like normal people. Shit. 
the matter with you? Well, six years does a lot of different things to people. You know, I don't know where you went, but, you know, you're in there, you're talking about being normal. I mean, you were always the one who was going after the easy money. I didn't do it for the money. I did it for the cars. Gleaming in marina blue, sunfire yellow, marble red, begging to be plucked. And I'd do it. I'd boost her and just blast Palm Springs, instantly feeling better about being me. And then, the next day, it seems like, I'm getting shot at. My friends are dying. People are going to jail. I didn't like what I'd become. Yeah, and then you left. And then I didn't have a brother anymore. And now you want to give me advice, and I don't even know you. And, you know, I got my own family now. I got my own friends. And, and, you know, you say what you want about them, but they're loyal. Well, when you hit the wall, the same thing's going to happen. You and your family are either going to get shot or get a five-year jolly corcoran. <laughs> You're making oh, someone that's like 5'3", into this, like, you know, the tough... Uh, you know, black sheep, younger brother, trying to follow in his older brother's criminal footsteps. Every time I saw him, I'm like, take that shit off. Stop it. What are you doing? Oh, that kills me. That that continues to be one of our terms. That... I think you you originated <laughs> with John Travolta. And it's like John Travolta in every movie where he tries to do anything masculine. Uh, Jared uh, calling out uh, Scientology and their sexual preferences. <laughs> I mean, any of these uh, John Travolta roles where he's sporting a goatee and a bald head, it's like you're really trying to butch this guy up. Like Saturday Night Fever ain't that ain't that tough. <laughs> it was uh, was it the Denzel Train movie? Uh, God, I forget the name of it. It was also a remake. Taking where, of Pelham. Yeah, yeah, that one, uh, and then the, another one I never saw, like from Paris. Paris. Was, I think those were the two because like, you and I, I think we lived together around that time period. God, that would come on TV, a trailer spot for it, and you'd go nuts. It's like it, <laughs> it's like immediate homophobia or just like being angry that John Travolta is trying to like outman you in some way. Like, <laughs> what I'm it's saying is so clearly an act. Like, it, but I don't know what other actor you. I don't think I've ever seen you have that response to another actor before. You know, Tom Cruise. I don't think is like the most masculine guy, but I'm sure I've seen Mission Impossible movies with you, and I've not heard a word from you about it. But John Travolta <laughs> dares to do it, and you just <laughs> you lose your mind. I, I, I guess I don't even really have a. I. <laughs> you don't have a type that you bully, is what you're saying, <laughs> other than John Travolta. <laughs> My brother loves those movies, like okay. from Paris with Love and Taking of Pelham and all that stuff. Like he, <coughs> he, he finds it comical for the same reason that I find it ridiculous. Like he, he loves it because he finds it funny, and then it gets on my nerves because like he's not butch, he's not tough. <laughs> like <laughs> trying to wrestle John Travolta through the screen. <laughs> Throw back to our last episode. <laughs> I um. 
No. I'm just going down the list of things I had issues with. I, I had seen Gone 60 Seconds. Uh, boy, I'll out myself as a dork here. Uh, we were teenagers when this came out, still in high school. And uh, I'm pretty sure I went to see this movie like opening weekend, Friday night, uh, before I went to a Laser Quest uh, laser tag lock-in thing where you play <laughs> for like eight straight hours of laser tag. That's where my head was at then. So I'm not using that to justify it, but I don't remember having feelings about this movie one way or the other, other than like, hey, that was enjoyable or that was entertaining and then never really thinking about it again, which let's be honest, is probably a more healthy way to approach something like Gone 60 Seconds and not be podcasting its 20th birthday, like, and then really getting into the weeds on its <laughs> merits. I think it was meant for a teenager to watch before they did something stupid, like play laser tag. And that was it. <laughs> That's just a way to, to kill two hours. Yeah. I, I remember thinking that this, like when I came into this movie, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good watch. I remember being pretty fond of this movie back when we were teenagers, nothing wrong with it. And boy, does it not age well. <laughs> not at all. Is it more than the uh, the masterpiece like battles, but which oh. really has nothing to do with like the actual villain and the actual heist? It's just this like side diversion thing. Like this, we have to extend the movie somehow. It's going back of... to the asphalt jungle <laughs> thing. We we have to like before we can get to the heist, we have to have some sort of you know beef, I guess. Here, uh, it's not really. I guess Nicholas Cage and. Butch Boy Rabisi are being shot at, but they're not shooting back. So it's just them fleeing from from Master P and his whatever Master P's uh, entourage was called. I don't remember. <laughs> no one I want to know. It's just it really from the get go, it really soured on me because I guess as a teenager I was willing to just say you know you know whatever. However we get into the story of this film, whatever the catalyst is for the conflict, that's fine. But as I'm watching it, and the movie starts out with <laughs> Butch Boy Rabisi hurling a brick through a, a, a car dealership window and stealing a car, and he knows he has to get 50 cars or somebody's going to kill him, mm -hmm. and he's racing, fucking street racing past cops. Like, this is one of the dumbest setups in the history of film. Like, he's in the you're wrong talking a lot of work for how to do this effectively. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> You're talking about a, a profession that requires, you know, a, a great amount of subtlety, and, and, and you know, and they have the tools to do it. Like they have yeah. all these, you know, the the uh, electronic doodads to like get the the keys to get them to start, you know, to go through all the little uh, unlocking mechanisms and just drive away with the car without anyone knowing that they're a thief just yet. That's pretty much how the two, you know, crews uh, meet each other and how Giovanni uh, qualifies his crew to even come in. It's like, we got all the tech. We're the new kids. Uh, we can do computer this, computer that. Like, So you're hurling a brick through a window. It's like you're trying to fucking get caught. It's just one of the dumbest ways to set up a movie I think I've ever seen. I want to switch. and we'll, we'll go back and forth just because on that note, the premise of Groove, which I want to get to the fact that you introduced it last episode, is going back to the college days of you. Oh, boy. And I have to say, uh, I probably have I, I have a few regrets in my life. Um, but on that short list would be uh, not uh, being around you during that time period where I could have stopped you, maybe. Stopped or at least uh, documented it and had some, had some good podcast artwork. Uh, for our two super fans. Oh, thank God. Uh, 
How are we looking outside? We got a shady hotel across the street and a little bar on the corner. Looks like we're a go. Wait a minute, I got one more thing. Police station's three blocks away. Remember, no obstacles. Only challenges. Hey guys, this party's still out, you know what? Voicemail. Dig we just walked in with a fresh crate of vinyl. They'll be emailing about this one for years. Come on, it's your first time. You gotta get into it a little bit. Forget it. I'm not parking here. Relax. It's just the map point. Oh, the map point. Who would want to go to a party that actually lets you know where it is? I can leave if I don't like it. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Chaos is about to become order. Watch your step straight ahead. It's on, it's on. I'd like to buy a vowel. E or A. What's going on here? What you tell him? Me and my partner are celebrating the opening of our new office space. This will be the sales offices. Have I showed your reception? Feels good, doesn't it? You know, everyone here knows what's going to happen to you. So whatever you need to do, feel free. Okay. Five, three, two, one! This is good. Here, get him to drink this. He's got to get something down. What's going on? Wow. If there's one thing you learned tonight, I hope it's this. It ain't over till the last record spins. Oh, uh, no, thank you. I'm fine. Oh. You can relax. It's just a party. But the premise of Groove is pretty simple. It's these people who, uh, for no financial reason they throw parties uh in these abandoned warehouses buildings it's sort of one line only very exclusive you have to be on uh what was it you have to be on uh what they call it yeah, well there's like an email chain and then you have to like show up in person to find <coughs> uh directions printed on little strips so if you don't paper, show up in a certain like- period of time but somehow you got the email uh mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't know uh it's like these usenet groups and things that nature i have the briefest memories of being on one of those things um mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it was probably about star wars cards or something <laughs> equally nerdy that they'll never make a movie about because that definitely was not sexy groove i would say i don't know i think my wife would argue that this was ever sexy i i i, don't, I rarely <laughs> see my wife in bully form and when i had this on because i had a dvd copy of this and i'd seen it before uh probably far closer to when i was this age group even though i was never part of the rave scene um but God, watching it now, I mean, the looks I was getting, it's like I was pulling up home videos of me, like in my early twenties, uh, dancing with strobe lights or like, you know, people like rubbing teddy bears on me. She was looking at me with disgust for even owning a copy of this DVD, <laughs> but these people, you know, the conflict, uh, thankfully is just, can they pull off the party before the cops show up? And one of the characters says, Hey, there's like a police station, like two blocks down, and you think, well, okay, why, why do it then? And you have this like cheesy leader of the group that gives. Uh, if I find the clip, I'll drop it in here. But it's just like he just like smirks 
and he just smirky McSmirkerson. And it's like, you know, there's like, uh, you know, it's like no impossibilities, you know, just, just obstacles, you know, just challenges or something like that. And I'm like, but why? Like, you just, you just want people to just come over and dance. You're not making money. Like at least with gone 60 seconds, I understood you have this, uh, gangster, British gangster of sorts threatening your family. And you have to steal this many cars. Groove, I'm like, do you do you get off on making it harder? Like, did the people, like Jared and your rave days, as sickening as that is to utter, like, would you have had any more enjoyment by going to a place that's two blocks away from a police station, or would you have been just as happy with it being out in the middle of nowhere? It's you can be un- uninterrupted to uh, grind on teddy bears. <laughs> if Josh was here, I would say, or put things in your ass. But I'm giving you the specs. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk if this was Josh on this episode. So, uh, <laughs> would have 30 seconds to say hello. And then Josh would just launch into you about these, these days that really is speaking from a place of, he wanted to be a part of it so bad with you. <laughs> I say every bit of what he says to me is some sort of jealousy or some sort of deep seated. <laughs> I wish I was there. <laughs> I, I think a part of it is, you know, the, these people consider themselves, you know, sort of not like, what's the word? Not deplorables, but like kind of, you know, cast off from society or whatever. So they got to push some sort of fucking stupid boundary. Like, let's have a warehouse thing beside a cop state cop station. And, you know, the one time that I did go to one of these things, uh, it was just in a regular club, man. Like, you can have this shit in a regular club. Like, all you got to do is, like, rent it out and, and get some acts or whatever. But And I'm sure they were they were selling tickets, right, or entry or something. Yeah. It yeah, was more than tickets. $2, I, I think, is what was mm-hmm. charged here. Uh, which is, like, why even charge anything? <laughs> why not charge a nickel at that point? Like, you, <laughs> how are you paying these people? Uh, also, like, the, the type of people that were exposed to here... You know, they they seem like <laughs> I'm really trying to collect myself. I know what's going on. I can see what gears are turning. <laughs> well, didn't this appeal to? I mean, I'm sure there were your regular people that stumbled into it, but like as far as the people throwing the party, and like I guess our main characters, like one of them is a guy, uh, David Turner, whose brother Colin uh, drags him into it, and he's he's kind of your. Your audience stand in as far as I've never been to something like this. What are the mechanics of it? What do you do? That sort of thing. Uh, which there's nothing wrong with it because I would very much be him if some <laughs> if someone dragged me there. That was I, essentially me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what what's cool, what's allowed, and th- that's actually kind of the interesting thing about watching this uh, 2000 independent movie about ravers. I don't know how much of this is still acceptable within this scene or whatever. Like the uh, you know the the people whatever they take, whatever uh, ecstasy or whatever they're on, there's there's a lot of touching and a lot of like, it's very hippy dippy as far as like, mm. oh, just just feel free to do whatever. And I'm thinking, God, 2020, uh, you better watch where you put your hands. You better get consent for everything. I don't care what, <laughs> what medication you're on. I don't think <laughs> the young generation now that would be, you know, into this, these type of parties, if not raves, something like it. I don't. I don't know how much of this. This feels far more like the '60s to me than it does 2020. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you can speak to that. Uh, just from my limited personal experience, it was still like this back around 2000. Like it, it's not a misrepresentation. Like there were still people like doing that shit. Like as far as 
I went to one actual uh, rave. And, you know, you've got a dance floor full of people, I'm assuming, high as fuck on drugs and, like, rubbing and dancing on each other and shit as I'm sitting in the corner with my drink. <laughs> like, scared to death. Like, I feel like I'm going to get stabbed or humped one or the other. Like, Did you feel like the uh, the, the Greco-Roman wrestler was going to come up? and <laughs> Always <laughs> over my shoulder, <laughs> waiting for the Greco-Roman wrestler to try and rub on me. I, I, uh, I really fear for our listeners who have not seen the Asphalt Jungle that we're going to, like, reference that for the next 30 episodes and they're like jesus <laughs> christ fucking wrestling again god <laughs> more greasy wrestler talk <laughs> yeah I, you know there's a lot most of what my exposure is to it now is like i'll see videos on youtube that i keep up with as far as there's a couple of acts that i like and they play these like huge festivals where it's just it's more like a Woodstock look and feel to it, where it's just open fields of people, you know, dressed in all manner of fucking nonsense still, but and, you know, a bunch of goofy people. But yeah, there's definitely a lot less of oh, let me touch you. This MDMA, this ecstasy feels so amazing. Like, it, amazingly enough, odd tidbit, Shaq's into this shit now. Do you know that? Wait, Shaq the Shaq, the only Shaq the, that anyone would know? <laughs> An actual DJ. You have to look that up later. Oh my god. I'll send you a video. He Jesus. played. There's this one called uh, Tomorrowland or something. Like he's like he's doing an actual DJ set. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. See, I, I would. Oh, God. I'd, I'd get I, curious I about this shit now. Face. Someone you you send me an invite or whatever on one of your little email chains. I'd get there. It'd be someone like Shaq picking me up, rubbing all over me. <laughs> Having his wife with me because there's what am I supposed to do? And he's gonna say, just you know, just open up, open up everything, just go with it. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna be looking for, um, well, I mean, let's face it, the uh, the skinny little folk that we see in Groove, where it's like, you know, no one's even, I guess, the only character in this film that is predatory in nature, uh, who's running a massage table, <laughs> which god. Boy, that seems like, creeper. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like that the film does call him out. It's creepy. You have one woman that's like, like, I'm here for a massage, but like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, right uh, up top, buddy. Keep your hand. Yep. Let's uh, keep him on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, my, my wife has seen that move. I don't know how many times for me. <laughs> your butt need a massage, dear. I'm more than happy to help you with your butt massage. <laughs> All right, turn over. You're holding a lot of stress right in your breast. <laughs> Amazingly, all of your stress points are in your ass and your boobs. Oh, I'm here to help. That's what I'm here to do. Um, you know, I'll admit, Jared, that, like I, I told you, I watched this when I was, I guess when it you know, came out to DVD, I caught up with it. So I, I, God, I probably spent like 25, 30 bucks because in our neck of the woods, oh. <laughs> if you want to watch something like this, you couldn't rent it yeah. in our local video store. So I probably just shout out to like Suncoast Video or something. Probably just bought it. I'm like, well, this is the only way I'll ever see it. They just admit you're too ashamed to actually go in and rent it from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that I would not have rented. Um, it helped that I actually worked at our local video store, so I could just take what you know what was shameful. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bridges of Madison County was like one of them. A movie that I actually really like. I just did a podcast on that and mm. released it, and I, I said on that show that I would never admit to my friends at that time, uh, like, hey, you know, a good movie that Bridges of Madison County. That man, 
It's uh, seriously, dude, watch it because I've heard Josh try that stuff before, and just you know the slurs mm-hmm. that come out, and just like you know, for a week, <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah, you know, that becomes your identity as Bridges of Madison County guy. Uh, Josh showing up in his all denim and cowboy boots attire, and like <laughs> you know, just. We're just relentless people. So I'm pretty sure I never had a conversation with you about Groove or anyone. I think I just watched it by myself and I was like, huh, what a weird alien subculture that I'll never actually see in front of me live <laughs> and in person. Uh, Little did you know. <laughs> but there's actually elements of the movie I liked. Here's a couple of things. So I like the main character who uh, he doesn't go nuts with it. It's not like he, you know, he has a good night, right? He seems oh. like a kind of an uptight dude and there's nothing crazy that happens to him. He maybe, I think he dances with a woman and seems like they're, they may see each other again, but there's, there's no crazy fucking hangover story or like road trip or even, um, actually a better one, a movie, both you and I like, which we should probably like talk about at some point on this podcast in depth go, which has the rave subculture, but it's also Mm -hmm. way more the outlandish. This will probably never happen to you Mm -hmm. aspect of it. More like a, you know, just a, a traditional movie. Uh, there's, I like that. There's nothing like that. It's like, he just meets a person who's kind of like nice to him. And, uh, you know, that's, that's it. So he has a good experience, but his brother who brings him along proposes to his girlfriend and, you know, there's some, um, pessimism, I guess, from the, uh, the older brother about like, I don't know if that's going to turn out, but the movie plays it like, Oh, you're an old fuddy duddy. What do you know? Well, sure enough. Then the the guy that's just now engaged is making out with the massage table dude. Uh, (laughs) apparently that's his first experience with like any sort of like, queer gay activity and does the movie end happily for them no it's like you know no. that, it ends with his like girlfriend ex- like they go home but she's like in the other room weeping like and he's just in the shower with that sort of like what the fuck did i do like <laughs> i guess it's not uh i had forgotten that as a teenager that some of this stuff just uh doesn't work out it looks like you know it does show you that some of these people are just like they're being irresponsible, even with people they say they care about. And for some people it is, it is a positive. It's like they, they need a little kick in the ass and get out of the, uh, the rat race, if you will. So I had forgotten that. I dare not say it to my wife. Cause as soon as it was over, she was just like, okay, uh, can we watch something else now? And I mean, it was like immediate, like <laughs> time for your button. swirly nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'll save it for the podcast. Maybe Jared will understand, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you, uh, you know, do you, have you, had you seen this before? And, uh, you know, if you had, have your feelings changed on it? Well, I hadn't seen it, but I had seen it. If you get, <laughs> <laughs> I've so, seen these people, but I hadn't seen it on film. <laughs> Jerry, do you want to tell us what your first, uh, gay experience with the masseuse that was too handsy that went right for the ass? Well, I don't have much of an ass. So, you know, he went straight for my titties. <laughs> uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got something out of it. <laughs> I think you're a little bit higher on it than I was. I uh, I didn't outright hate it, but I did, like you said, I appreciate that, appreciated that there were some. It felt like real stories. I sh- I wondered going into it, it was like, how are we going to fill two hours of? house music bass thumping fucking bullshit and they they did a they did a decent job of it i thought you know there's uh the uh the gay couple in the vw uh beetle 
crack me up a couple of times that can yelling never at each get, other. <laughs> never get to the party. Let me never get. Let me back up on that. Me and my wife probably spent thirty minutes of the. Uh, what was the runtime on this? Eighty six minutes. <laughs> probably spent thirty minutes because you see this uh, this gay couple and it's their anniversary. And I guess uh, is it Dickweed? Is that the 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 biggest the DJ? Big, big one, yeah. Is playing, and that was like the first time they met. Which was like mm-hmm. a year ago. He was playing, so you know it's it's got this like kismet type thing. Like we got to do this for mm-hmm. our anniversary, and they're talking about it. And as far as I can tell, it's we're seeing this in real time, right? The whole movie is like from like yeah. early in the day to getting mm-hmm. to the party, and then the next morning. They're talking about it in the evening, and then they like turn the lights off and like go to bed above the. Co- and I'm like, wait, are they getting ready to fuck? Like that, that <laughs> might maybe that makes sense. They want to get that out of the way before they whatever they ingest in their body. But it's like it's like a good night, like fifty style, like above the covers, they're fully clothed, and then they oversleep. Like it's like what are you going to bed at like eight o'clock in the evening and you set your alarm for like eleven? Like what? <laughs> Maybe you are rave, too man. old. You're too old to be going to shit if you have to take a power <laughs> nap <laughs> before you go to the rave. <laughs> but that was yeah, me. I, I mean, uh, uh, I'm straight, but obviously that's that would be what I would have to do to do this. <laughs> I need to get right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you have to take a nap before a rave, I really don't think you need to be going in general. Um, what did What did you make of the uh, the What about the? Our, I guess if you want to call them our main couple, it's the the guy fresh to the scene, and then the uh, oh uh, the woman who she gives a speech that basically she's maybe fucked around throughout her twenties for too long, and she's like having to like get her life back on track like she's the last one to leave the party like you know she's a veteran of the scene that's that's i guess that's an easily relatable <laughs> concept to both probably who this movie is appealing to and being watched by and just pretty much i mean that's that's humanity in general though right like everybody has at least i feel like everybody has feelings like that where it's like what am i uh i need to get myself in gear i need to do better i need to do this and you do that we had but, god we had about a month straight of going to bars every night drinking <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a week straight where we went every night and we probably aged five years, years. In that <laughs> you question why we did it whenever we would wake up on like the fourth or fifth day like oh god somewhere along the I, way a pact was made where it's like we're going out every night every <laughs> night we're getting fucking shit-faced and <laughs> Like, even when you knew four days in, like, oh, this is miserable. I don't ever want to do this again. But I told I told Jared I was going to do it. And Jared told this guy. And, I mean, we, we got to do it now. It's our prison sentence we've imposed on ourselves. Well, that's one of the things about being a dude is if you make this, like, <laughs> I'm going to do this, the first one of you to not do it is immediately, you know, <laughs> well, ostracized, made fun of. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for the first first one to yeah. drop, just so they don't have to be the first one. Be the so. first one mm-hmm. to say, "I don't have to do it." Yeah, yeah. That, I think that was when I had a week off of work for whatever reason. Well, I was like, "Well, how do we feel had. that?" <laughs> yeah, what a vacation. That, that's the other famous story that comes out of this is when I went back to work Monday to get a cup of coffee coffee for ninety nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> it rejected my card <laughs> because I had less than ninety nine cents in my bank account. <laughs> Yeah, but the night before, Jared, he's buying rounds for everyone. He's like, I'll cover the tab. Oh, I got I got late night dinner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No 
coffee on Monday morning. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you can tell I definitely relate to what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I need to grow up. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to switch this back over to Gone 60 Seconds because people were probably wondering, like, good God. Like, <laughs> you just said 20 <laughs> minutes on Groove. What is this movie that I – can you stream that one, Jared? Because I had the DVD, so I didn't even check. Uh, yes, I actually rented it. Uh, okay, so it's Amazon, available. you can rent it. Yeah. Okay. Gone in 60 seconds. Uh, and just to finish off, I guess, Groove, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 50, was it 57%. So not, not critically well regarded. I think this one fits as a truly forgotten film. I don't know if you've got the box office numbers. I don't have that in front of me. Um, I actually don't. <laughs> the, uh, the budget was half a million that they uh, basically like cobbled together with like tech startup money. Um, so yeah, this was a true passion project. But while you're looking that up, here's something I didn't know about Gone 60 Seconds. Mm-hmm. So I, I this was it opened number one at the box office uh, June 9th, 2000, uh, grossing 25 million dollars in 3,000 theaters, which I'm sure Groove never touched uh, anywhere close to that. <laughs> Um, but by the end of the film's theatrical run, it had grossed uh, $101 million, $135 million internationally, which uh, I think nowadays it would gross far more because I think Fast and Furious has made car movies. Uh, yeah, they would have far more appeal. Um, so it, uh, total revenue, uh, $237 million, but it still uh, lost about $90 million because of its high budget. Good Lord. <laughs> so, that's crazy yeah like and, you would think when you're seeing these numbers i was like well this is made a huge profit to be in the red after that god so almighty. cage i assume cage joe lee duvall uh bruckheimer uh all of them are getting paid and uh yeah um you know it's it's it put another i don't know dracula's tomb or dinosaur um fossils <laughs> in one of uh, cage's <laughs> castles that he hey, ended up another pyramid off. yeah <laughs> um but here's here's a way to link it to to Groove. Mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie looks like she could walk off the set of Groove and onto Gone Sixty Seconds. Oh, yeah. What is going on with this like uh, bright white, like blonde dreadlock look that she's got? She looks like one of the fucking ghost creatures from the Matrix. Like she's getting ready to knife fight Keanu Reeves. <laughs> what is happening here? I guess maybe they just tried to go for a look that was so not Angelina Jolie for people to recognize her in the movie. Uh, She spent maybe 10 minutes of screen time to collect whatever check she had for that movie. I was, I was stunned at how little she was in the movie and how much, how little she did in the movie. And she probably made a ton peak Angelina Jolie, like, uh, you know, it girl status, I guess. Cause I think she Mm -hmm. had just won an Oscar for girl interrupted. And this is year before Tomb Raider. And this is her on all the, you know, the magazines, the pinup, type thing you know extremely sexualized which mm-hmm. hey i got no problem with you know that's yeah. <laughs> whatever you gotta do we all win hey. maybe not with that <laughs> hair the hair made me feel weird like is this appropriation that's... for stroke material i don't know <laughs> <laughs> do i want her all with her natural hair color and non-dreads that's maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm, i assure you as a teenager did not because i can tell you as a near 40 year old it did not either <laughs> Brittany, go away. I'm watching Conan 67. You've got your massage. Now it's time for a little me time. I got to clear my head. Um, there is a really awkward attempt at a love scene with her and Nicolas Cage in a car. And when I was watching it with my wife, we were like, yeah, there is no chemistry here. Like, this is a woman who, 
wore Billy Bob Thornton's blood around her neck and did unseemly things to his Crypt Keeper looking ass, uh, redneck <laughs> Crypt Keeper. Uh, but her and Nicolas Cage, when they were making out in the car, I'm like, I don't believe any of this. This looks terribly uncomfortable for both of them, primarily her, to have to do this. I'm sure that's where most of the budget went. <laughs> millions upon <laughs> millions of dollars. Damn it, you took the joke out of my <laughs> So I guess where most of her money was earned. Uh, I mean... I guess it was one of those, like, whoever did the casting must have been high as a fucking kite. I get Robert Duvall. I get uh, Nick Cage. But, yeah, Angelina Jolie has literally no chemistry with next to anybody in the movie. We've got a go veteran here. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is the sidekick cop. It's like, wow, he's way it's down the seeing. ladder here. Uh, <laughs> odd seeing him on that uh, little of a role after he's you know kind of ascended to what the the actor he is now clearly no respect for him as uh, the drug dealer and, and go because he was you know he's supposed to be the coolest character in that one uh-huh. and it's like why is he it's like he's getting like made fun of by Delroy Lindo like <sighs> this fucking guy again like just running his mouth and um yeah it's, it's very strange uh another thing there's not and maybe this is Fast and Furious. God, the first Fast and Furious comes a year later. I think that's 2001. Yeah, that sounds right. I think Th- so, yeah. This feels like tame as far as the car chases and stuff. Like there's like basically one ramp is the big climactic thing he jumps over on a bridge. But if if you're coming to this one late now, I think this one probably has aged pretty bad. Like if you're if you're like yeah. you're on some some streaming service and you let's say you watch the Fast and Furious movies like eight or nine of them, whatever they are, over and over again, and this little box comes up with <laughs> Angelina Jolie from The Matrix for your weird, uh, at least speaking for me, masturbation material, and you go to click on it, I think that <laughs> I think you're going to be disappointed in the actual car aspects <laughs> of this this movie. Like it, it's strange to me that that's what. It made uh, me reflect back on our our teenage life at the movies as man that must have been a quaint time like you got uh, <laughs> Brendan Fraser fighting a mummy and we're like good god it'll blow your mind <laughs> look at the effects work here <laughs> and now we've got gone sixty seconds and this looks like where are the uh, where's the car shit like where you know the <laughs> other than Master P like following them to a donut shop or uh, them driving through suburbia trying to get away with the car. There's not a lot of stuff going on here. Where did the money go? I, I was reading a review before I actually watched this movie again, just to see what people were talking about at the time of the movie. And in one of the reviews said lackluster car chases. And I said to myself, like, that's maybe I'm misremembering this movie because I think that it had some pretty good car chases in it. And I watched it again. And it's amazing how right that reviewer was at the time. Because man, there's just not there's not anything going on. Like you would think, I, I was about to attribute it to like maybe they crashed so many fucking cars and all these crazy uh, uh, stunts or whatever. But no, they don't really crash that many cars. They don't really do anything. Most of it than, is talking shit to each other. Yeah, they're talking about the cars mm-hmm. and what they're going to do. But there's even this whole thing where there's like this one model that's an unlucky car for him, and they yeah. just. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing really plays out. I think it won't start for like five seconds once. That's, I mean, that's, and it gets beat up, but it's like all of them should get beat up. Like <laughs> the, the fact that the criminal won't give them like a week on these things. And so he's basically like bring these things like with bullet holes in them and like leaking fluid all over. And 
I'm thinking this is just not a good way to treat your employees, even if it's at gunpoint. How are you getting what you want out of this? I don't understand. The, the villain is is pretty awful in this. The some guy from like, what is he from? A shallow Grave. I saw him in that. Um, <laughs> I think he was Doctor Who at some point. I'm gonna say I think he was because I've already. Don't watch that shit. <laughs> We've already given enough material to be made fun of here. <laughs> I don't need that. Um, yeah, this one, this one was, look, I'm shocked to say it. I, I came in here for Groove to give me all of the comedic material for Sober Cinema. And I was shocked that I was like, found more to make fun of what's gone in 60 seconds. I thought this was, I thought this is going to be not as good as Crimson Tide and Die Hard with a Vengeance. But I thought this would fit into my mold of like comfort food viewing. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't that good. It's very forgettable. When you pitched the combo to me, I very much had this preconceived notion of like, well, Exactly. I will enjoy Gone in 60 Seconds. We'll get our nostalgia out of the way, and then we will shit all over Groove. And honestly, I mean, like, I didn't enjoy Groove, but I didn't enjoy <laughs> Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> We're back in the original I, sober cinema mode of Jared hates everything. <laughs> They're really, I mean, as far as the terms of enjoyment go, like... It, it shocked the shit out of me how bad Gone in 60 Seconds was compared to... I, I, your points are valid, but I don't even think it's uh, uh, Fast and Furious for me personally. It's just, man, it's it's such bad acting, such bad like so, the story's so stupid. I remember, I don't know how I let this go twenty years ago, but when the uh, the short black guy dresses like a pimp and distracts oh. the guard with oh. the Barbie doll or whatever. There's got to be someone in there. Check it out, man. Wait, wait. It's not nothing here. There's nothing here. Look. So look, there's another one back here. Hey, hey, hey! I tell you what, look at this, look at it, look at it. She's a brick. I was like, this is peak cringe. Like I have to like my, I feel my shoulders rolling, like my neck cracking. Like it it was like, well, you can see where a lot of Vine material came from, or or TikTok type shit, like where it's like someone is playing an extreme character. And just uh, awful, awful stuff. Uh, yeah, that one, I did get a look. I don't know why I'm getting a look from my wife. Like, I made any of this stuff. Listen, you're the movie guy, so you're going to take all these uh, criticisms when it comes to movies. You know, but then she doesn't watch something like The Asphalt Jungle with me. She's like, I don't really feel like watching that. I'm like, well, you are choosing to not watch the stuff that's actually good. And then you're you're sitting down with me like, okay, right. What you got here? Groove and Gone 60 Seconds? Okay, I'll see what your little podcast uh, is all about. I'll see how you're wasting your time talking into the tin can. Oh, this is how you spend your time. Like, I don't know what I'm going to have to program next. I uh, actually don't know. I, here's what I, I had on the schedule, Jared, but I'm, I'm a little gun-shy, to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> on this shit. So we pulled up. I think originally I had next the Blues Brothers and the Blue Lagoon. Is that what it's called? Because it's like, I think Brooke Shields and another teenager, like on an island together. Um, I only know I about it. That movie forever ago, though. Um, but I don't know. And I, I don't. <laughs> I just. Because I know Blues Brothers has a lot of car chases and nonsense. And I'm just like, eh. I, I don't think I can do it. So here, here's the other one. I'll let you pick. And then I'm going to blame you. Whatever goes wrong. <laughs> is, is, as is tradition. As yeah. is rule. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here, here's what we got. So. I don't like the Blues Brothers. I'll go ahead and tell you right I now. I don't either. Like, as a kid, I, I remember like <laughs> being told, oh, yeah, this is really funny. And I remember they, like, fucking lip sync and sing and dance. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Can't stand it. I think we could get something out of it, Blue Lagoon. Because, mm-hmm. well, I mean, look what I did with Angelina Jolie's hair. Like, 
because I'm disgusting. I'm a fucking wretch of a of a creature. <laughs> I just I, I hate the Blues Brothers that much. Like I, I I tell you what, someone give us money, and we will talk yeah, about the Blues Brothers. <laughs> I will hate talk about the Blues Brothers all you want if you give us one mere dollar. <laughs> God, what are we making per hour on that for like God. the two of us to get fifty Jesus. cents a piece? <laughs> Cheapest fucking whores on the internet. 